0: Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buchholz, and this is episode 253, Get Organized and Write More, an interview with Maria Conner, coming to you on Thursday, June 17th, 2021. I am happy to say, if you didn't hear me say it last week, I will say it again. My website is finally working. Yay! It's still the old one. It looks like I made it several years ago because I did, but at least it works now. So if you want to know more information about me, things that I do, working with me, uh, working with me as a coach, you can go to rightnowworkshop.com. So it's W-R-I-T-E, rightnowworkshop.com, and on the front page there, you can You can uh, click to get to the podcast page, you can click to get to the writing coach page, or you can just go ahead and type in forward slash writing coach. Uh, And if you're interested, you can click to find out more about uh, me and my uh, books as an author. So romantic comedy, superhero books for women, happy things like that. (laughs) Um, And the uh, newsletter sign up, sign up is working. So, all the things that I send um, emails about every week with tips and coupon codes that I've heard of and interesting things that I've just learned and giving you a link to, uh, updates on podcast episodes, and you can get a free downloadable self publisher book checklist if you sign up now. Uh, all that is also available on the front page and the rightnowworkshop.com forward slash writing coach. So, Feel free, grab everything you can. I will give you all the extra information that I can ever come up with and add to. I have so many open tabs. Can I just say I'm interrupting myself? I have so many open tabs on my computer that are partially there, because I'm, I'm like, this will be great. You know, I'll put this in the newsletter. I got to tell people about this. People will find this very interesting. And um, yeah sometimes I just sort of forget that I had them open. I'm like, oh, I'll tell them next week. <laughs> anyway, I get very excited about sharing information. And right now I'm super excited because Maria Connor has more information that she's sharing in just an hour than I, like my little brain is so happy. Um, I definitely would prefer to be organized rather than unorganized. I like the um, both the satisfaction of working efficiently and the satisfaction action of being calm and not freaking out that I'm behind in things. Uh, And those are the things that I get from being organized. So Maria has lots of reasons why you might want to be organized and then a bunch of tips for how to get more organized, particularly as it relates to your writer's journey with all of your assets, uh, how to organize all of your uh, book covers and back cover blurbs and stuff like that. So if somebody says, Hey, I've got this opportunity for you, you can be like, Great, here's my stuff immediately. Instead of, Oh, I need to figure out where did I put that blurb that was only 300 words long and where where did I put the other thing and the other link? And yeah, so she's going to help us to get more organized. So we can take advantage of marketing opportunities quicker. And um, as you probably know, when you spend a block of time doing all one type of work, so for instance, let's just say marketing or writing, um, then you can really get into it and focus and put all of your energy into it and get way more done in a two-hour block than, And this is for me and some other people, not every single person, but in general, in general, you can get more done in a block of time than um, when you're just doing it here and there as you have time. Now, that being said, doing it here and there as you have time is way better than not doing it at all. So there's that too. Anyway, I'm very excited because I just finished talking to Maria and I'm totally pumped up about all of her tips. So let's just go and listen to Maria talking to to us about getting organized. Today's guest is Maria Connor. Maria Connor of My Author Concierge provides project management and high-level support services to romance authors, plus she is the author of the Self-Publishing Checklist series. Coach, consultant, and speaker, she has presented internationally on publishing, marketing, productivity, and career management. Welcome, Maria.
1: Hi. Thanks very much for having me. I'm so glad you're here. This is one of my favorite topics. Time management, organization, yay! Uh, It's one of mine, too. Uh, I work with several authors, so it's kind of a requirement, and I'm one of those people who's a little OCD about being organized. So (laughs) the chance to talk about it is is a privilege. Thanks.
0: Awesome. Well, listen, I'm sure that there are a lot of people going I sort of wish I was a little bit more OCD about being organized, but that's why you're here, right? To help people just even get a little bit more organized than they are so that they can work more effectively and, or maybe get more done.
1: Correct. Uh, I, I think in working with a lot of self-published authors, they come to it from their passion of writing, but that doesn't Necessarily mean they bring the skill set needed to manage their small business, which indeed being a self published author is. And some of those aspects, like marketing, um, accounting, even, organization, I think some of those are challenges that they don't anticipate until they're in the middle of several books launched and now they've got this business they're trying to manage, and they haven't organized it from the ground up. And it can feel very overwhelming to know, where do I even start? And so they just kind of keep kind of fumbling along doing the best that they can. Because if if you think about it, like you open the door to your garage and there's all those crates and boxes and things you never unpacked and a pile of lawn tools and that stuff for the goodwill, you look at it and just feel so overwhelmed. The easiest thing to do is just shut the garage door again and deal with it another day. And I think that's what getting organized is like for many people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I totally feel that I have moved around the world so many times. Um, if you include you know, moving away and then moving back as two separate trips, uh, I've got to be close to a dozen now. And then plus all the little moves in between while you're like, well, this will be our temporary home until we find a real home. And then, oh my goodness, at one time, I think I had slept in 24 different places in a year or 18 months or something like that, places That's that didn't count hotels. Feet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So anything having to do with, uh, organization, I'm always like super keen to to get into it. And also, um, it helps you in other parts of your life too, not just your business life. So
1: I I would agree. I mean, who was it? Marie Marie Kondo, Marie Kondo, who had that, that whole, uh, downsizing kind of approach that was really popular at the start of the pandemic last year. Everybody was Marie Kondoing their house. Um, So maybe we can uh, create some tips like that for authors and writers. Mm -hmm.
0: I love it. I love it. All right. First, let's talk a little bit about you because you're both a, um, well, in your bio, we can see that you are a woman of many hats, but um, in the, in the greater scheme of it, you're both an author and an author assistant slash I don't know, it sounds like uh, assistant is way too small of a term, but why don't you just give us an idea of like, where are you, how did you get here? And then we'll kind of move forward.
1: Okay. Well, I have to uh, throw a shout out to my good friend, Heather. Heather was um, a writer friend I met in an RWA chapter many, many years ago. I've been in the community over 25 years, I realized when I was preparing for this, but about 11 years ago, Heather signed a four book contract with a small publisher. And at the time, I was working as a church secretary, but I'd had sort of a mishmash of experience as an executive assistant. I was a community news reporter. I was a freelance reporter. I'd picked up a few website basics. And so Heather came to me and said, "Um, I need a website. Can you build me a cheap website? And I was like, sure. And then she said, I need a media release. My book is coming out. Can you write one? I said, sure. And so I just had this handful of skills that was really helpful to Heather when she signed her contract and was releasing her books back in the day when we still did like live book releases in the community and thing. And she said, there's a lot of other authors who need this kind of help. You should consider doing this. And I was like, right. Like who's going to pay me to be their assistant? Well, this was right around the time that self-publishing was really taking off and uh you know, somebody mentioned me to somebody else and I picked up another client. And within about 18 months, I had built a roster of enough clients that I quit my day job and became a full time author assistant. Wow. I worked with some really talented, generous authors who taught me a lot. There was a day when I didn't know the difference between a Moby and an EPUB. I remember googling all of this stuff. And so through uh, mentoring and self-education and just expanding my skills, I went from being an author assistant to now I'm an author project manager. And I manage high-level aspects of business with my clients who are primarily self-published romance authors.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And then somewhere in that time, you also um, went from or, or added to your list of writing um, uh media types. You added novelists to your resume as well, yeah?
1: Yes. Like I mentioned, I was an active member of RWA for many, many years. I'm a golden heart finalist. And so I do self-publish contemporary um, rom-com escape kind of reads. But that is secondary to my author assistant business. This is my day job. I thought really hard about what did I want my priorities to be? And I made a commitment to my clients that this, this was my priority. And so I love the writing. I enjoy the writing. I have flexibility that I can still do both, but being a project manager, working with my clients is, is really my passion. And Uh I'm very fortunate to work with uh, clients for, you know, five, six years now. And it really feels like I'm a part of their team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I have just added um, one, the first person onto my team. And when I found out, you know, that a lot of times there's that break that uh, women may take in between, I had this great career that was going places. And then I stayed home and had kids because that became my new priority. Um, And then I, you know, she's like, "I, I could be your assistant. And I'm like, that could be super cool, but you have a lot of skills. Like, assistant seems too small a word, but I don't really know what you know how to do. And the more I'm learning what she, I'm like, we have to change your title because she used to be like in marketing before kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, we are changing your title to marketing manager because the things that she's like, okay, I suggest that you do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, I don't even know how to
1: do those things. Do you know how to do those things? Great. Let's have you do those things. (laughs) I I think that's one of the the biggest benefits to the authors I work with is when they can't do something or don't want to do something. Yeah. Delegate it. So, but, but it is kind of nice to have just the collective brain power of more than just yourself yeah. trying to manage your career and stay on top of everything that's happening in the industry. Uh, I do work with multiple clients and I like each of them to feel like, They're my top priority, my most important priority. And so part of that is being an advocate for them. So if I hear something in an author group or when I'm networking, you know, without breaking confidentiality, if I hear of something, I'll share that with them. And that's one of the other advantages is that it frees up their time to write while I'm kind of keeping my ear to the ground for them.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Okay, you and I might be talking more afterwards. We'll see. (laughs) But let's talk a little bit about your project from last year. Okay, great. So I'm going to let you let you introduce it so I don't okay. um, yeah do it wrong. <laughs> okay.
1: So I recently started releasing a series called the Self-Publishing Checklist Series. And each book focuses on one single element or task related to self-publishing. So, for example, uh, one of the recent ones that came out is covers and graphics checklist. And in here, I go through not just um, things like, when you're working with a cover artist, get a copy of your cover without the text, get the stylized fonts on a transparent background so that you can use those on other graphics, create graphics that uh, serve multiple purposes. So if you have a teaser graphic and it says, pre-order now while you're creating that or somebody's creating that, do three versions, pre-order now, now available, and then something that's evergreen. It's got practical tips like that. But the other aspect that I think is even more important is there's a section called um, knowing the why behind the how. And where i see a lot of authors really struggling or dealing with uh, fomo fear of missing out or replicating what everybody else is doing that must be the you know chasing trends is many times they don't understand why they're doing the marketing tactic or strategy that they're doing what the, what are they trying to execute they don't stop to think about what goal or what outcome am i trying to achieve so I've seen brand new debut authors who have one book investing enormous amounts of money in in a class to learn Facebook ads or AMS ads. And what I want to tell them is right now you need to be writing more books because if you spend all that time marketing one book, you have nothing else to sell to readers. Yeah. That's an enormous amount of time and money and effort to sell one book. Whereas if you focus now on writing more, increasing your inventory, then when you start running those ads, you're not investing a hundred dollars in say one book, you're investing a hundred dollars in the potential sell through of a five book series. And that just makes more sense to me. But many times people don't, they don't understand or they don't stop to say, "Why am I doing this? What what is the outcome that I'm trying to achieve?" So that they can craft more specific, more effective marketing strategies. So there's usually yeah. a there's a section in each of the books that talks about what are some of the different outcomes that are relative to graphics or your pre-release marketing or your front and back matter, because I think that's I think that's vitally important to increasing how successful your your author career is you have to know the business
0: yeah definitely absolutely it's um something that i think uh can't be said too often though i i do try to make sure that i'm saying it gently but it is a business unless you really don't want it to be which is totally fine but if this is what you want to do you know as one of the methods of making money then there are there are business things that you have to do that you probably didn't have to do when you worked for somebody else who gave you a paycheck, so
1: exactly. so um when when Covid started last year, I kept seeing people comment about, "Oh my gosh, I lost track of what day it was. I don't know what day it is because so many people started working from home. And if you're not used to it, the the days just blur. So I started doing this thing on Facebook called, what day is it? And I would do these very, very casual morning videos. And I would hold up a piece of paper with my handwritten note that says today is Tuesday, June 3rd. And then I would talk to people and it just kind of made sense that I talked about something that had some value. So it kind of morphed into these very casual conversations about these little bite-sized pieces of publishing and uh, Romance-landia and things related to readers and authors and craft and business. And when I was going back and looking at some of the videos, I thought, oh, this is really good information. <laughs> it should go in a book somewhere. But there's so many that are uh, big, thick books, 300 pages. And so mine are typically uh, 30 to 50 pages. It includes a downloadable checklist that authors can personalize. And my goal was to make it to make it manageable. Um, so that they weren't looking at, oh my gosh, here are 500 marketing things that I need to do and I need to do today.
0: Yes, exactly. The other thing that I liked about your books is that, well, two two things that I wanted to bring up because first of all, I think they're brilliant. It's an idea that probably other people have had. I know I've had the idea, but never executed on it. So congratulations on doing something that people needed. Thank you. So two of the things that I really liked in your books is that um, in addition to the why section, there's also a section that's like whether you're a a new author or an established author. And I love that because everybody needs to do the same work, but some people need more explanation. And other people, like you said, just need to really download the checklist or remind themselves of something maybe they haven't done for six months or that sort of thing.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I know just in, you know, I'm in a lot of author groups. I go to a lot of events. I talk to my clients. I have author friends. And so I'm part of a lot of uh, discussions about business and what's happening. And one of the things that I, I've heard a lot of authors say over the past year, so many of the, uh, the sure things aren't sure things anymore. Like yeah. it used to be if you had a book bub, you would have 50,000 downloads. And now I have people telling me maybe they had 12. If you had a free first in series, that was almost like a guarantee for sell-through on your your other books. And none of those um, sure things are working. And so what many very intelligent, successful authors are doing, are they're going back to basics. And it's easy to lose sight of things like Are you sending out a newsletter on a regular basis? Are you reminding people of your backlist? When was the last time you updated your back matter? Are you uh, nurturing the fans you already have connections with? Are your book blurbs still relevant? And so I think these checklists are kind of timely in if you're trying to go back to some of those basics, it can be a guide on how to evaluate if indeed, all of your basics, your foundation elements are in place and still relevant.
0: Yeah. And the second thing that I really like about um, this particular series of books is that um, in the, what can be the vast overwhelming ocean of things I need to do today, (laughs) um, all of your books are one topic, one thing, and making sure that you understand how to do that one thing. And I think that it's really helpful um, to stay on track, um, to not get overwhelmed with the ocean of things that need to be done, and for you to be just able to focus on, I'm going to do this one thing. I'm going to finish all the steps on this list. By the time I'm done with the you know the pre-launch checklist, then it's probably time for me to buy the book for the launch checklist and start working through that one, Right.
1: I, off the top of my head, I think there are 52, There's, I think there's more than 50 items on the pre-release checklist. That's a lot of things yeah. that that authors can do. And not to say that every author needs to do everything, but one of my other goals was to try to make it as comprehensive as possible so that if you're an established author, maybe I can give you a new idea. Maybe I can give you... Uh, something to kind of tweak what you're doing, Um, maybe give you a different consideration, Um, bring some awareness to things that, you know, I work with authors and readers. I work with distributors and and authors. I work with other service providers. And sometimes um, authors are on one side of the fence and they don't necessarily consider certain things like In Your Back Matter, I know a lot of authors who hyperlink every single one of the titles in their 70 some listing of books that they've published that mm-hmm. is very, very time-consuming for your formatter. That could be costing yeah. you money. Whereas if you hyperlink maybe each series, because I don't know a lot of readers who click on a title in matter and then go and look at it on Amazon and then come back to the back matter to click on the next one. It's kind of like once they get to their retailer of choice, that's where they start looking for all of your products. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's just, hopefully they we'll pick up some tips like that that just say do i really need to hyperlink each title or should i just do the series or should i just link to my product page on the retailers yeah so so different things like that and a lot of that comes from working in the trenches being the boots on the ground and being the one who who executes these tasks that authors need done yeah And for the
0: authors who are um, more on the just starting out side, either you don't have a lot of titles yet or you don't have an assistant or a a virtual assistant yet, um, I remember thinking, Well, I can see how this is going to be a lot of work when I have 40 books out, but I don't have 40 books out, so I'll just do it. But now, even with eight titles, I'm about ready to uh, re-release several because I'm rebranding, I'm making everything uh, sweet. Um, So it's actually, there weren't that many swear words in my books, but my readers, some of them were quite happy with them the way they were, but there were enough people saying, you know, if you just didn't have you know, the dozen right. swear words, I would have been happier. And I'm like, well, I'm not married to the swear words. So, um, but now I'm like, oh my gosh, now I have to change the back, back matter in eight books times, you know, seven titles in the back of each one. Right. I'm like, okay, now I see how <laughs> this would be just too time consuming.
1: Right. And, and the other thing is I know authors who have, um, experimented with having their books wide, distributed wide through multiple retailers like Amazon, Apple, Kobo. And I know authors who have experimented by putting those same books in Kobo, or I'm sorry, just in KU. Mm-hmm. Well, if your books are just in KU, that means you have to redo all of your all of your hyperlinks. And then if KU didn't really work out and you put them all wide again. Then we had an occasion where some of the original retailer links were no longer valid.
0: And so we had,
1: so we had new links. And so we had to go through and try to capture every place you might have those links and you forget about some of them. It It could be on your website and it's not just one page on your website, but maybe it's multiple pages on your website and it's in your back matter and it's, in your free download from book funnel, and I mean, just yeah, it, it can make housekeeping more and more difficult. But these are things that you don't think about until you're like sitting at your desk saying, "Oh my gosh, I have to update. you know, if you have seventy titles, figure five retailers, that's how many hundred. Yeah, that's a lot. That's, that's a, so a lot. time consuming. And then the more you have to rework, the more you're not writing, yeah. More costly it is. Yeah. And a lot of times when there's a lot of shuffle, and this may be a good segue to some of the organizational tips, is when you're scrambling at the last minute, it's a prime opportunity for mistakes to be made. Yeah. You give somebody the wrong link, you have typos. So, there again, that's why I think organization is really critical for career success.
0: Yeah. And also you need to protect your mindset. I'm not sure how much people um, uh, are working on figuring out what that means for them personally, but for me, um, so like you, you and I have to talk more later. I also write rom-com and uh, I don't write very funny if I'm stressed out. (laughs) And so uh, the, the idea of doing a whole bunch of, um, like little tiny kind of manual labored tiny tasks, I'm like, okay, all that's got to happen on one day all together, and not on a day that I'm writing because it's possible that my mind will just be like, Meh. and then I'll put on some really good music. And then like, I just have to keep my mind in a good place so that the next day I'm like, yep, still in a good mood,
1: ready to write <laughs> some romance. <laughs> well, or the other thing is that if your head is too full of a story, if you have something that you are just, you can't wait to get to the keyboard and and get it down you're so distracted by that story that even if you are working on you know marketing or business things you're distracted and there again it's really easy to make mistakes yeah. so that's why i really i really rely on routine and procedures and structure and being organized because the less you have to think about something you know, the the, the easier it is to to handle the myriad of tasks that come with being a self-published author.
0: Right. And, and I think it probably helps you also to choose which one is the one I have to do today. Right. They don't all have to actually be done today. All right. So you told me earlier that you have kind of a 10 reasons why organization is going to be helpful. And then six ways that you can help people be a little bit more organized. Shall we kind of go through the 10 reasons why fairly quickly and then get into sure.
1: the, the sure. meaty part? If you're if you're not convinced that you need to allot some time for getting organized, I do have ten reasons, and I'll just cover them quickly. They're they're pretty self apparent. Um, but the first one is you have more efficient. Uh, time management. You're not scrambling t- because you forgot, oh my gosh, I have to upload my file this morning and I didn't do my back matter and I have to get this to the, the formatter and what time is it? And and then you miss something else that was due today or you would plan to write today and then you get grumpy because you're not writing. So you have, you have better time management. It minimizes the stress that comes with uh, being a, a small business owner and having to handle so many moving parts. There, I think there is a lot of overwhelm that comes with being a self-published author, especially to people who are newer or even established authors who are moving into new fields. Uh, for example, if you've got 15 or 20 titles and now all of a sudden you're taking on audiobooks or translations, That's overwhelming. That's not a brand new offer. You're an established author. You've been in the business, but making that transition is going to put enormous demands on you. If you're organized, it allows you to be proactive instead of reactive. You can plan how things are going to happen in your career instead of reacting to last minute deadlines, missing opportunities, making those choices. you can more easily communicate with other people. So you just said you brought on your first team member and you are probably running into a situation of her asking for things like, do you have your buy links? Do you use genius links or dedicated links? Where are your book blurbs? Do you have a series Bible? Because I'm not familiar with your stuff. Um, Do you have a media kit so that I know what information to share with, with bloggers? If you have all of those assets organized, all you have to do is email somebody a link to that document. So it enhances communication and not just with your own team, but let's, let's say one of the retailers wants to do a special promotion for your book. Do you, do you have a you know, dedicated back matter for that retailer? Do you have graphics already available for that book with that retailer? So things like that, that allow you to pivot faster. There's um, higher consistency in the quality of your work, the uh, production of your work. I have worked with authors over the year who kind of just, they work on their book. And then when it's done, I'm ready to release. It's done. I'm done. And they've laid no groundwork. There's been no pre-release buzz. We don't have any advertisers lined up. Their formatter is on vacation for the next two weeks. So if you get organized and have even a loose production schedule and know, okay, these are my four release dates for the year, you can get those resources lined up instead of it being what I call kind of like the spaghetti on the wall. You throw it and see what sticks kind of thing. Yeah. It also allows you to um, take advantage of opportunities that come along. All the time in author groups, I th- see things like, I have an opening in my newsletter. It's going out tomorrow. If anyone has anything, send it to me. Well, by the time I go and, and write up a blurb and my links and my graphic and send it to them, they've already had six other people respond. Whereas if it's available, you just reply, oh, I'd love if you would feature my new release. So you can, you can uh, take advantage of things that come up spur of the moment. I think it also enhances your professionalism that I come from an executive, a corporate executive background, and I tend to write in a very formal way and speak in a very formal way. And it's, it's just kind of how I was raised. So I tend to be very big on professionalism. And if you look like you have your act together, that enhances your professionalism. And with self-publishing having been a thing for, 10, 15 years now, readers recognize DIY amateur efforts. But the other thing is so do retailers, so do promotional people, PR people, all of those gatekeepers, the bloggers, the bloggers and influencers don't want to work with somebody who gives them a graphic that looks like their 12-year-old son made it. So that professionalism is is really, I think, um, undervalued by many people. If you are organized, that helps right off the bat. A couple of last ones are that you can be more intentional about your marketing instead of just... What am I going to do this month? But you've got this backlist and you're not making it work for you. Yeah. If you get organized and take control and make those decisions ahead of time, ideally, you would have your backlist working for you every month. You would be getting it in front of new readers so that you're leveraging those assets you've invested so many resources in. Yeah, You have improved accessibility to retailers and advertisers by being prepared and it allows you to lay a marketing foundation for new books and and for for your old books too. So I think those are 10 reasons why it's worth the investment of when you're able blocking out some time and working on getting organized even if it's just one one task at a time.
0: Yeah. That's brilliant. And I love your idea of blocking out time because um you know some days uh you're thinking I I have so many things planned for the next like 72 days but then you're like okay but There's nothing that I can't take a half an hour from my day or, you know, a two hour block on Fridays. I I recently made Fridays my admin and accounting day because I have done uh, I'm in Sweden right now. And so I had to set up my business in Sweden and um, I had to bring all of the. all of my assets to a zero revenue base so that I wasn't breaking any laws until I got the business started. Sadly, um, that is something that is not that difficult to do. So, but now- (laughs) It feels a little bit like a starting the car that has a crank motor like now I have to start over it feels like brand new with everything. Right. And um while I'm like rushing and working and trying and doing um then suddenly I realize oh my gosh it's after one more quarter like now we're 3 weeks after the end of a quarter my taxes are due. My gosh, I haven't done accounting for 3 months. Now I have to do all of the
1: accounting and the taxes. Right. And and you know I think another reason that has, has really been ramrodded down people's throats with the onset of um, COVID and um, coronavirus is what are you going to do if your life falls apart?
0: I have,
1: I have an author who said she calls it her, uh, when the SHIT hits the fan plan, if something critical were to happen, if she were to be hospitalized, if her family was to have a crisis, she has worked on a plan that includes, you know, communication with a trusted fellow author, um, you know, I have um, a, an action plan so that if she were to become unavailable, her business can keep operating probably at a minimal level, but it can keep hop- operating instead of everything coming to a crashing halt. Yeah. And there've been so many authors that have had that happen, whether it's my husband lost his job or now my kids are home and I have to homeschool them and I have these demands on my time or we had to downsize or whatever the crisis is, I think more people in the last 18 months have experienced some degree of that. Yeah, And I would just ask, What has been the impact on your business? What has suffered the most? Yeah. And those would be the areas I would try to organize, first of all.
0: Okay. All right. So uh, I think that we are going to talk about six organizational tips now. Yes. Yes. All right. I was trying to keep track of where we're at, so I don't accidentally interrupt you in the middle of um, of a list. And I'm totally excited about all that you have to say. So I'm going to try to be relatively quiet, unless you just like tell us your tips because this is
1: great. Okay. okay. Um, and and again, I think kind of sharing the reasons of why does this have value? Why is this important? What will you achieve if you get organized? That's kind of the same thing I share in my books. And I almost think. Understanding that is more important than the next six tips, because these are just ideas how to get organized. Organization means different things to different people, so I'll share these tips, but really and truly, I hope people just understand that if you get organized, your business will run better, more efficiently, you'll make more money, you'll have more time to write, you'll have less stress. So here are six, six ways that I would share if you are ready to start getting organized. Awesome. Okay. And I first of all, I would like to say a lot of these tips, I have either um, collected, picked up from, or had shared with me through either my clients or collaborations with other um, support professionals or things like that. So I don't, I am not taking claim for being the, the brainiac behind this wisdom, <laughs> but, but the first, the first one I would share is create a media kit for each book. For each book. Oh, I thought it was just for the author. For each book, a media kit. Think of it as kind of like your, um, grand central station for each book. What is the most important information that you need for each book? That you need to have easily accessible at your fingertips. Now, if you don't want to do a media kit document, which I typically do in in Word, you could also do a spreadsheet. You could collect the the data elements there. But a media kit, if you are somebody who does uh, a release blitz, or a sales blitz with a promotional company such as um, Expresso or Give Me Books, you have to provide a media kit to them. And that kit needs to have information like the title of the book, the series name and number, the author, the release date, keywords and tropes, a blurb, your buy links, the author bio, the author social media links, some excerpts, some pull quotes, maybe some reviews. If you have a template that has a fill in the blank for all that information, you can hire a teenager for $15 an hour to go and pull that information. All of your buy links are in one place. Your author bio is in one place. Your social media links are in one place. uh, The blurb is in one place. And typically what I do in my media kits is I will have a long blurb and a short blurb. The short blurb, a lot of times if you're doing paid ads like the fussy librarian bargain booksy they will say give us a blurb in 350 words or less or two or three sentences if you do the work up front and create that short blurb at the time you're writing your long blurb it's done all you have to do is cut and paste it when you're when you're stacking ads you don't have to stop and think oh my gosh i have to write a short blurb well i could include this and so you're cutting and pasting sentences and you forget that you left half a sentence that makes no sense. Right. So a media kit would, would be all of the marketing information you would need for a book. Think of it this way. If you have a media kit, all that stuff has been assembled. Send that to your web mistress. And all she has to do is cut and paste that information to update your website.
0: Right.
1: So you don't have to go and assemble it again in an email to your web mistress or to the blog people or for your arc team or for your newsletter. So media kits are a critical information and just think of it as where you're centralizing your information about books. So these are, these are living documents that will be updated. You said you're rebranding some Mm -hmm. books. Yeah. So if you're, if you're doing new blurbs, your media kits would be updated.
0: Right, right. So would this be something like a Google spreadsheet that has links to like, Word docs and Dropbox kind of thing, or I guess it could be. Okay. The
1: the way I organize my assets is. uh, I use Dropbox. I, I like Dropbox. Some people like Google drive. And so what I do is I have a, a folder for each client. Under that folder for each client, I will have individualized folders. So I might have one that has. Um, all of their general graphics and it might be like different banners that we've used for their website or their newsletter. I'll have another folder for newsletter content. I'll have a folder for website content and then I'll typically have a folder for each series. So it might say uh, the mountain man series and then under that folder I would have a separate folder for each book. Right. And in that folder, and this is just a system I found is easiest in that folder. I would include the formatted book files, the media kit, the high res cover, different sized covers like 600 by 900, 200 by 300, right. um, and have everything there so that if I have to pull something for a 99 cent promotion on the first book in the mountain man series, I've got teasers I've already created that say 99 cents. Um, I've got a media kit that I can send out. I've got the blurb. I've got the buy links. So everything would be in one place. So
0: the other thing that that would help with then is, for instance, one of the books I'm rebranding was originally published in 2011 at the time, it was my first book. And so I thought I was really organized. But looking back, I was like, crap, I can't tell which one of these final, final, final copies is really the last final one. So every time you would change something, whether it's front or back matter or a typo or something, you would replace that so that there is one copy of the book in this folder so you know that's Okay.
1: Or, or you would have a naming convention that has the date of the revision. I'm one of those people, I don't throw anything away. So I yeah. also, my folders for clients also include what I just call, it's a Z file. It's my archive. And that's, that's where I, I put all of the outdated, anything that we are no longer using is no longer timely. they are old covers that we don't use anymore because you just you just never know when you're going to need that. I've had occasions where clients have said to me, I can't remember, like, I can't remember the first cover of this book, or they're they're looking for something. And the best archive I found online is Goodreads, because Goodreads doesn't delete any version of the book. So if you're trying to remember, when did we update the covers the first time we updated them, you can go and find that stuff there. But if you're trying to remember some sort of detail, did we include a logo? Did we have a logo? you can still find it, but that's how I organize it. Now I, I do know some people who take those same kind of elements, the the title, the release date, the cover, the name of the cover designer, the blurbs, the links, and they'll put that all in a spreadsheet. I think that's, I think it's harder to retrieve the information from there. So I prefer yeah. a word document, but if, and if you don't see value in collecting all those different elements, Just do a spreadsheet. Um, That leads me to my second tip, which is I use something called a buy link spreadsheet. Okay. What this is, is this is a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet. I have a different tab for each series. And on that page, I have a listing of each book with all of the buy links. So it might say Mountain Man Book One. And then I would have um, Amazon US Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, Amazon Australia, iBooks, Kobo, Nook, Google Play, Smashwords, the the primary retailers that we would want to have buy links for. Then what I do is I go to all of those retailer sites and I pull the raw link. So then I'll have three columns. I have the title with the retailers listed in one column. The first column is my shortened links. So if you're using Genius or Bitly or things like that, I go through and I create short links for every single buy link. Okay. The third column is the raw buy link. And then the fourth column is um, the buy link with any affiliate code on it. Right. Because for example, if you're booking, if you're stacking ads, those people don't want your affiliate links. They want the raw link. And so instead of having to separate them out, I just dump them all into my buy link. And again, that's a really good tool that you could share with like your web mistress or whoever you hire to stack ads or anything like that. Um, yeah. If you're, you know, for your formatter to add links to your back matter. And the reason I go through and create the bitly links for every retailer is that I use those in social media posts. So instead of posting um, "now available," the mountain Man book and the blurb, and then that list of retailers, how everyone does on Facebook, like Amazon and Apple Books, if you use the raw link, it's it's like a chain of you know fifteen or forty characters that this long. It's really clunky. But if you do the shortened ones, there I think they're under like ten or fifteen, and it just looks neater and tidier and tighter. Yeah, And so I create those ahead of time so that, you know, if somebody says, hey, I'm doing a takeover, do you want to post about your new release? You just go and cut and paste all those short links, you share it, and you can do that in five minutes, and you were able to take advantage of that marketing opportunity.
0: Nice. Now, a few years ago, and I, I think I mean several years ago, uh, there was uh, a little bit of a kerfuffle going on uh, amongst the RWA people talking about that. They had found there was a lot of people uh, unwilling to click on a Bitly link because they didn't know where it led. But I'm guessing that this is now over because the world is pretty familiar with the Bitly type of... I, I, w-
1: I will say, on occasion, there are issues with the shortened links. I know authors have had problems using them in ads. Like, um, I think Facebook looks at that as kind of like you're masking where you're wow. sending that reader Um But I know people who routinely use them in their social media content without problems. Uh, And and for the most part, I have not heard those same concerns voiced recently about people being hesitant to click on them.
0: Good. Excellent. Good to know.
1: Okay. Ready for the next tip? I'm ready. Okay. I
0: got my pen. (laughs)
1: All right. Okay. My next one is create a master production calendar and timeline. I love you. We really have to be friends forever. This is great. I love it. So so when I'm talking about a master production calendar, again, this can, this can take any form that you want it to take. You can have a color-coded spreadsheet. You could set up reminders. You could put it on your Google calendar. You could put it on a wall calendar. You could put it on your day planner. And quite frankly, I use all of those. And what I do is I try to create a system that comes up with certainly your launch dates so that you know when your releases are. And then the other dates that you might have also noted are what are, you, what are your upload dates? What is the drop-dead upload date, especially to Amazon? Yeah. Um, To draft to digital, they want their book two weeks before release date. Um, When does it need to be to your proofreader? When does it need to be to your formatter? If you have those production tasks on a calendar, in a Word document, in a spreadsheet, and you keep track of them, you'll be better organized so that it's not like, Oh, I thought that release was in August. You mean it's in June? And I don't have an editor lined up, or um, I don't—I haven't reserved any advertising or promotion for it. I did—I forgot it was coming up. And this, I think, is especially important for authors who have multiple releases and work on multiple projects in a year. So, if you're managing. Two or three series, and you release once or twice a year in each of those series. If you participate in anthologies or box sets or continuity series, you're going to need to know what all of these important dates are, or you're going to miss them. Yeah. So, so some kind of master production calendar is really helpful. Um, it also allows you to see maybe where there's gaps in your release schedule a lot of people really play into those Amazon algorithms by trying to have a release every 30 days. Well, unless you're writing really short, that's hard to accomplish, but let's say you have, you have three really or three or four releases coming out. So every three months you're releasing a book. Well, maybe what you want to do in between some of those releases is maybe you want to do a box set with the first three books in your, your series. Maybe for Christmas, you want to assemble a Christmas story from each of your three series, each of your three Western historical romances and call it Christmas on the Frontier and release that for Christmas time. If you see where you have those holes in your release schedule, you can plug it in with here's a box set, here's a novella, here's a special holiday story about my favorite characters. And it gives you that, that big picture um, view of, of what's, what you're working on for the entire year.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's brilliant. I really, really like it.
1: Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I, um, I will piggyback on that with a suggestion that is um, create an annual or monthly or quarterly marketing calendar. And for a lot of my clients, I organize this into one document. And the way I organize it is by month. So I'll have 12 columns for every month, January, February, March. And then alongside the left hand is what we're doing for their new releases, for their backlist promotion, for marketing. I have some clients who submit a book bub every single month. And so what we do is at the beginning of the year or at the, you know, a month before the next quarter starts, we'll sit down and say, okay, so in, um, in April, what backlist title are we going to spotlight? What sale are we going to, what backlist sale are we going to run? What audiobook are we going to spotlight in the newsletter? What cross promotion have we signed up with? What book funnel promotion do we have running? And if it's all on one document, you kind of, you don't lose track of things. So if it's January and you signed up to do, a like a 4th of July cross promotion with a bunch of your author friends, if you put that on your annual calendar, you don't miss it. You don't forget about it. You can plan for it. And so you can say, Oh, well, I'm going to do this beach read for, for my summer promotion or my July promotion. Yeah. Um, And so I think that's really, really important a lot because a lot of times these things book out the most successful paid newsletter placements like the Fussy Librarian, Robin Reads, Bargain Booksy, uh, e-reader news today. Many of them are booking like six to eight to 12 weeks out, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are services like Hidden Gems, which has a, Uh, an advanced reader program, uh, an ARC program that is known to be very, very successful, has a brilliant reputation. They are booked out into, I believe, 2023 at this point. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. So if you know, okay, my, if you have your series planned and you know, I'm going to be releasing in, you know, every other month for the next year, you can reserve those spaces now, even if the books aren't written, but that then requires that you stick to your deadlines.
0: Right, right. Which is another topic also. But I'm thinking too, when you were saying, let's say it's January and you and your friends decide you're going to do this 4th of July thing, you could be finishing a book April 1st and have in your, in a perfect world, I would set that book aside for two weeks and work on something totally different. So that when I come back to edit it, I'm editing with fresh eyes. You could be like, oh, okay. Well, so from April 1st to April 15th, in addition to getting my taxes done or whatever else, um, I'm going to set aside time to do all of these um, promo tasks that needs to be done for the next, maybe even six months worth. If I knew some of the promos that were going out. Great. Love it.
1: So, and and that, again, can be as simple or complex as you want to make it. If you're not doing a lot of paid advertising, maybe you're doing newsletter swaps. You have to have some kind of system to keep track of who you swapped with, who owes you swaps and who do you owe swaps. So if you put it in one location, whether it's a Google calendar, uh, an Excel document, It it just means you don't lose track of it. Then you're not scrambling, going back through email, saying, "I know I owed somebody a newsletter swap, but God, who was it?" Right.
0: I hate that. I do that a lot right now.
1: (laughs) I've I've learned all of this the hard way. So I did not walk into my business this well organized. Yeah. It's learned through hard lessons. (laughs) So, um, so I I think that's another tip: is you know plan out. plan your series, be intentional about what you're doing, make those decisions so that all of a sudden it's not like, Oh my gosh, it's father's day. I have a whole series about single fathers. I should have booked some ads. And when you go to do it, nothing is available. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you have holiday things, some, anything that's timely, I have several books that are set like in tropical locations. Those are all beach reads. That's what I market in the summer because, You know, if you can't get to a beach, it's nice to read about a beach. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So, okay. Um, The other one is you need to track your sales figures. Um, So some sort of document, and this varies depending on, I mean, if you're like a brand new author and you sell maybe three or four copies a month, that's okay. Track it on a monthly basis, but you want to be able to track how many books did you sell? where did you sell them and what were your royalties so that as your career uh, flourishes and you have increased sales, you can kind of track those numbers. The other thing, the other reason tracking your book sale figures is really critical is if you're doing paid advertisements. So if you book uh, an ad for Fussy Librarian on August 1st, and then you book a bargain booksee on the 5th, and then you book another one on the 10th, look at your sales numbers and correlate them to your paid ads, which, which advertisers worked for you,
0: right. which ones
1: were worth the money you spent. Yeah. So that's why, uh, that's why I think that's an important document to track. Um, and I think I have just one more. I know Can we're, I- um,
0: go ahead oh awesome just one quick question on that so if you're um <coughs> if you're publishing wide and so you have um uh, downloadable spreadsheets from uh, KDP and Kobo and Nook Press and um you know all the rest draft to digital um i love spreadsheets but there are days when i'm just looking at this spreadsheet of like, you know, 70 tabs. And I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, how in the world am I going to quickly, easily, you know, calculate how many books altogether were sold in February? Um, So do you, like, do you create a macro or something? Or is this one of those um, pay a high schooler $15 an hour to Uh,
1: do some of this? There are also services that you can buy that provide Uh, this kind of tracking and reporting. It gives you uh, more specific insights into which of your assets are selling. And if you're a new author and all you're selling is eBooks, this is easy to do on a spreadsheet or a word document, but as your career is growing, your inventory is expanding. And so now you've got, you have eBooks, print books, books, large print, um, audio books, foreign translations, you want to know how each of those assets is doing, which one is performing the best. Do you want to pay to advertise your French translations or your German translations? Yeah. It can get more complex. I would say don't pay for a service until you really need it. Okay. All right. that, That would be my advice on that. And hopefully if you get organized on the ground level you can refine your tools and your uh, record keeping systems, your data management processes, so that as you get bigger, your tools become a little bit um, more refined for your your needs at the time.
0: Right, right. And just in case somebody's listening who's wondering which services do you uh, you probably have a couple of favorites. And I'm not um, trying to be careful here to to not. Uh, be like, I- I'm not a doctor giving you medical advice kind of thing.
1: <laughs> I'll be very honest. Most of my clients are at a high enough earning level that they manage their own income reporting. So they usually own those tools themselves. Oh, I, wow. have, I have some access to that information, but most of them manage it themselves because they either have a business manager or an accountant or their husband handles that for them. So they, they usually manage it themselves. And because I don't use it very frequently, I would be hesitant to offer one, but I would be happy to look up the name of some of those and we can include them in the footnotes to the program. Oh, well, that's awesome. Thanks, Maria. Sure. Not a problem. I, I think if we're keeping track, I'm looking at my list. I think we have um, just one more and we've kind of already touched on this. Okay. And that tip is create a centralized storage system for all of your information, all of your assets. I use Dropbox because I can use that whenever I'm traveling and I go on vacation with my laptop. I have a very hard time separating from work. And so when I When I travel, I might be stacking ads for a client, I might be formatting a book, and I need to have everything available. So I use Dropbox because I can put it on different devices, I can take it with me. And the things that I archive, that I create files for are things like uh, the record keeping documents that we talked about, Mm -hmm. but also formatted files, um, graphics, High resolution, small resolution. If we have teaser graphics, all of those go into my centralized storage system, and I break it down by folder, like by author, by series, by book. And actually, in the in the folder for the book, I will have more subfolders that are things like retailer files, uh, media kit, and teaser graphics. Um, like anything like that, yeah. Any kind of asset like that, the the covers, um, those are separate from the media graphics, so that everything is really well organized and really accessible. Um, and part of the reason for a system like this is so you can share assets when you when you're building your team, um, but also if something happens and your spouse or your, whoever's managing, uh, you know, your intellectual property can go in and find it. Uh, the, these are really valuable assets that many people leave to heirs. And if they don't know where these files are, right? I mean, most of them won't even know what, what the files are. But at least if they know where they are, it means they can access them if something were to happen or if an author were to become unavailable, they can right. still upload the file. They have access to the master files.
0: Excellent. So
1: it, and, and when you don't have to go looking on your desktop through the, the the biggest instant anxiety causer to me is when I see somebody's desktop and it is filled with those icons. And I'm like, that, that just like I glaze over and I'm like, how do you find anything? Yes. So if, So if you know what the path is. When somebody says, hey, I have an opening in my newsletter, you don't have to scramble. Where's those teasers? I know I created them, but I can't remember where I stored them. Right. So it'll save you time. And it also means that you're you're using the most recent up-to-date version of your assets. So as you're formatting your books, you don't accidentally upload the placeholder instead of the finalized copy. Right, right. What well, happened. Yeah. So, so centralizing it with whatever system works for you and do that for your, for your hard assets too. If you have swag, if you have print copies of your books, you know, put them in a bin, put them somewhere where you know where they are so that if you're going to a book signing and think, oh my gosh, I don't have any copies of my number one bestseller and you order 50 of them. And then as you're packing, find a box with a hundred of them that you yeah. forgot about
0: yeah yeah definitely i have to say that one of the best things that i did during um during one of the periods in my life when i wasn't moving a lot and i was able to go to a lot of conferences is i put uh everything um like one copy of each of the books the little um uh, plastic stand that the books sit on all of the business cards and the bookmarks and pens and the newsletter sign up i put all of it in uh, two boxes because one wouldn't fit the um the tablecloth that i would put over the table you know and yeah. i was like this this is great. Why you know how can i do this with everything else that i have?
1: <laughs> I know and and that's where i could really talk about being organized because like i have a backpack that includes you know, my, my travel computer and all of my electronics separate. So I have duplicates of a lot of things. I have a book signing kit that is always packed with pens and stickers and the swag that I give away. And even for my clients, I have some who do monthly giveaways. And so what I will do is I will block out a couple of hours and I will package up 10 coffee mugs so that all I have to do when there's a winner is write their name on it and it goes in my bag for the weekly post office run. Nice. Or if they do weekly swag giveaways, you know, I'll package up 10 or 15 of them so that they're ready to go. That makes it more efficient so that the prizes go out faster and I'm not like, oh my gosh, we ran out of the swag. So, yeah. so, so it, it can trickle down as far as you want it to trickle down. Yeah. Um, Just wherever you find yourself losing time. That's where I would uh, suggest people get started. That's a great idea. So if your marketing is suffering, if you have a huge backlist, and you're not marketing your backlist books, if you're not, you know, working those sales, maybe that's the place to start.
0: And then and
1: then work up from there. That's awesome. I just want to hug you. This is all such great information. I'm
0: sure that I can't be the only person who's going, this is great. Thank you so much for the help.
1: <laughs> well, I, I love talking about this kind of things and it can make people's eyes glaze over if they're not really into it. So I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you this morning.
0: Absolutely. And honestly, if anyone listening, if you're still listening and your eyes haven't glazed over yet, good for you. Power on. But also <laughs> just keep in mind that this is the sort of thing that will help you to have more time to do what it is that you love to do, which is writing. And right. that is one of the right. points, right?
1: Yes. Yes. And if you are finding yourself spending more time on the business end of things and not writing, that's where you need to streamline too. So oh,
0: yeah. yeah, you know, we
1: I love,
0: uh, I love how much information you have in your head. And if you wouldn't be against it, I would love to have you back on the show talking about the things that an author assistant could do, like how to hand it off. Uh, right. So I have this new member of my team and I, and all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know what to tell her to do. Cause I got to do that. I got to do that. I got to do that. But I saw that you wrote, um, you wrote a book on this, um, do less, write more. Yes. And one of the things that I noticed in the blurb, I think it was in the blurb, was something about there are only two things that an author can't delegate, and that's writing and the the reader interaction. And I thought, Correct. yeah, that's really right. And then I thought, oh, so how come
1: I can't seem to get <laughs> myself to delegate more? <laughs> it is it is difficult. Um, but I've been doing this for almost 12 years, and I've learned some tricks on how to delegate. So I'd be happy to come back and have a conversation on that. Brilliant. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. Sure, thank you, you have been brilliant.
0: I know people are going to want to find you, your work, your books. So um, tell us uh, all the places or the one place uh, that you want to send people. We want to know more about you and of course, all, all these checklists. So.
1: Okay. The best place to connect with me is myauthorconcierge.com, My website, if you want the checklist book or the, Do Less, Write More book. It's available wide. Um, And I am very open to uh, queries from people as far as I heard you say something about this and I don't understand what that means. So they can reach me at myauthorconcierge at gmail.com. And I am on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, TikTok, but Facebook is probably the easiest place to find me.
0: Excellent. Fantastic. And if anybody is thinking, and maybe I want to talk to you about uh, hiring you to be my author assistant or author
1: project manager, they should just reach out and you'll. They can reach out. I don't have any openings for ongoing clients right now, but I, I am doing project-based work. So if they have format, formatting needs, a series Bible, um, you know, if they want to just kind of organize their first marketing campaign, I've never done this. I don't know where to start. Uh, I I see in your book you say I should be doing these things for these reasons, but I don't quite know how to accomplish that. I'd be happy to talk to people about that.
0: Fantastic! This is great. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much.